0: All right. Um, welcome to the podcast. This week we have another anonymous guest and I'm really excited to have this conversation. We've had a range of varied story on the podcast um, and this particular guest messaged me and said, I have a story about an abortion and no regret." If it's helpful to your audience to share, I think it was something along those lines. (laughs) If it's helpful for your audience to share, I'd be happy to share my story. Um, And I was like, absolutely. I love volunteer guests who are happy to share their story. And yeah, we've just had the full range of those stories. So welcome to the podcast Is there any way you want to introduce yourself before we start talking about your story and your experience?
1: Hmm, That's a good question. Um, I am a woman who has children and, um, I, I'm not sure that I have a whole lot more to say beyond that. Yeah, I'm a woman who's yeah. married and has children. Yeah. Um, I'm I am coming on anonymously because there are people in my life that I love and care about who don't happen to know this part of my story. And yeah. just like there are plenty of things about my life that all of my loved ones don't know. Right. Um I don't have any shame about that, but it just seemed polite in my opinion to not have this be someone's first um you know first learning
0: when they google your name
1: <laughs> right right exactly um
0: exactly.
1: i think that's such
0: a good reminder like sometimes we get caught up in the story that if i don't if, if i don't share my story or if i'm not open about my experience then i'm somehow hiding but we're hiding all kinds of things in our lives. Like there's so many stories about our lives that we don't tell the world. And so this is no different, but I think a lot of people can get a little wrapped up in like, well, I should tell or else I'm hiding because I'm in, because I have shame. It's like, no, there's so many layers to why we tell and don't tell or tell anonymously or whatever the thing is. So anyway, the way you worded that, I was like, it's just a good reminder. Like we all have things we don't put on the internet or on podcasts.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) 100% true. Uh, Many. Um, how do you want to
0: start sharing your story? So most of my listeners have had abortions. Some work with people who've had abortions. Some are considering abortion. Um, many have had more than one abortion. Um, We've got all kinds of listeners. What do you feel like the most, um, the most useful to you and to the audience? Way to start telling your story would be.
1: Um, I think I would start at the place where I am twenty-six years out. Yeah. From my abortion experience and I have no regrets. Mm-hmm. And I was as I was thinking about that, um, thinking about our conversation and not even really sure what we would discuss or how we would start. Um, I almost had a like a, a twinge of shame that I have, that I have no regrets. Oh, I've been there. (laughs) Right. Like, um, I had a moment where I was like, should, shouldn't I be, shouldn't I really, when I stop and think about this, shouldn't I feel bad?
0: Yeah.
1: And the answer remains no. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you think that comes from? Um, I think it's two things. I think it's that I, I've always been, or I guess as long as I've been able to have an opinion on the topic, I've always been pro-choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also very much believe that, and I on one hand, I want to word this carefully, and then I also think people will hear it how they're going to hear it, right? I think the people who the souls that are meant to be here, get here. Mm -hmm.
0: Me too. My audience has heard that many times.
1: (laughs) And so for me, it was a decision that I felt like I made in a reasonable period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was based on my definition of that. Mm -hmm. And, um, the The part where you know, the souls that are supposed to be here get here. Um, I'll explain more how that really rang loud and clear for me as we kind of walk through what actually happened for me. But
0: good, um, let's I do think, that. Like okay, start walking us through because my next question was where did that belief originate and how did it play into your story? So right? Let's go. So 26 years
1: ago, who who were you? What was happening? I was 23 years old, 22 years old. Um, I was living with my boyfriend who is now my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, we had been friends and known each other our whole lives, um, went to high school together and started dating after high school. And so we were living together at a point where neither one of us were talking about getting married or we had no big future plans. And I ended up pregnant and really was not ready, um, was not ready to be a mother in my mind at that moment, Um, I, you know, now the thing I know about being a mother is, are you, do you ever feel ready? It's kind of like starting a business or anything else. Do you ever feel a hundred percent prepared? Like you got it all nailed down? Like, no, not really. But at the time I thought we're so young, we're not married. Um, So we agreed that I, that I would have an abortion. And, um, we went to a clinic in a big city near me. Um, I will say that probably there were two difficult parts of the experience. The first one was the protesters. Mm -hmm. Um, that part was a little bit challenging. Um, what was challenging about that for you? Well, it was interesting because I, as much as I understood and approved of my own decision, um, there is a part of me that as strongly as I feel about being pro-choice, I can completely understand Mm -hmm. people who are Mm pro-life.
0: That they think
1: every life is sacred and begins at conception Mm -hmm. and that we shouldn't take into our own hands, whether any human lives or dies. So I've, I've always, even though I don't agree with that position, I've always understood, I think the pure place, I think that idea can come from not the part that wants to control women or, um, you know, promote a religious agenda, but the part that is a real, like honest and sincere, like every life is precious. Mm -hmm. So to see, you know, people taking time out of their lives to come and confront a woman like myself, making that sort of a decision. um, I think I had had a different kind of grace in a strange way for the protesting because Mm because of that belief, but then to see the signs and just, you know, it's, it's not a loving expression of a value of human life. Mm. It's just not how it felt at all. Mm. And it's hard. I think as, as a young woman, um, I think that was difficult for me to keep that separate from me. I definitely had a moment of thinking, oh my gosh, all Mm -hmm. these people out here Really disagree with me, and they're calling me a murderer. Yeah. So that that part was that part was a bit of a challenge, um, but it didn't deter me. So yeah.
0: So that was one part that you, you said there were two parts that were hard. That was the first part you said,
1: mm-hmm. and then um, physically, it was a very difficult. Mm-hmm procedure. Mm -hmm. I think in my mind, it was, you'll feel a little pressure. Um, It it actually felt rather traumatic um, Mm -hmm. physically, not, I mean, and emotionally that was upsetting, but I don't think, I don't think any, um, I don't think my upsetness was about the decision I was making it was just more about physically what I was experiencing
0: totally that makes sense to me yeah do you mind sharing because people are always curious and you can say no to anything whether you um was it a surgical abortion that you were was yeah, yeah yes yeah yes I think people have a lot of wonder about um the differences and um people ask a lot of questions like who else has had a surgical abortion who else has had a medical abortion the truth is there's no one way you know like all people who have had surgical abortions don't experience them the same way same with Mm -hmm. medical but I do know that listeners are curious so I think answering that question is probably helpful for somebody who is listening (laughs) right right absolutely Mm -hmm. so you're 22 22, 23. And you make this decision together and you go to a local clinic. Was it, I, I don't remember if you said
1: it was in your city. So you didn't have to travel far. Um, or? I had to travel to the next nearest city. So not far. It was yeah. a, it was a reasonable drive. Yeah.
0: And what else about your story feels relevant for someone who might be listening? Someone who's just looking for a connection. Like that's, that's what I was feeling.
1: Um, well, six months after this procedure, Uh I was pregnant again. Hmm. And as we were driving home, uh, from the clinic that day, my Husband was asking me, my boyfriend at the time was asking me, you know, was I okay? And I, you know, I think he was very delicately trying to find out physically how it was without asking for a lot of detail. And I said, I am okay, but I don't ever intend to do that again. Mm -hmm. And I literally said with my mouth, Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's six months from now, oh dear <laughs> if 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 it were to happen, we will be having a baby,
0: mm-hmm. and that was because of the physical discomfort or just the intensity of the whole experience, or what was that?
1: I honestly think it I think, yes, I think it really was more the physical part of it, yeah. And I'm sure in hindsight, um, in combination with just the whole experience of walking past the protesters, you know, just top to bottom, yeah, how it all played out, um, yeah. just was not something that I ever wished to repeat.
0: Mm-hmm. so. so- that is, that is ironic. I think that's the word you used. <laughs> so here we are six months later. And what happened for you? Was it a discussion at all? Or were you like, those words already came
1: out of my mouth? They are our truth. Here we that's go. A great, yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think I meant what I said. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that I felt like I couldn't change my mind.
0: Mm, Yeah. Really important distinction. Yeah.
1: Right. I think I was just very definite about it. Yeah. And when I was saying how, um, I believe that all of the souls who are supposed to be here (laughs) here, I think this is part of why, I don't have regrets because that belief, and I don't know if it's true, but it is, it is working for me. Yes. And I have a son, you know, sometimes I wonder was, was he going to get here come hell or high water? Was Mm -hmm. he the one, (laughs) you know, was he just coming regardless? Yeah. And that part, that part's a mystery. Um, I really do. This is, I don't know, this feels like a strange aside to share, but I really feel like, um, I was meant to be married to my husband Mm -hmm. and I had a lot of other thoughts about being married Mm -hmm. that were way, (laughs) way bigger than thoughts about being a mother. So interesting. And I, the only way I can explain it, it, it's like, it, it was a, it was a, the whole experience was a wave. I was going to ride no matter what.
0: Hmm. Do you ever think like that soul was playing a part in, in this marriage, right? Like she's not getting married unless I take, unless I take the reins.
1: I mean, mean, do you ever think things like that? I absolutely think, I haven't thought about it so much from the perspective of that soul, but I do think of it more of a, of a God presence. Like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you don't see for yourself how this relationship is so much a part of like what you're here to do yeah that I'm just going to help you (laughs) let me just help you out with that yeah yeah and so here's your ticket (laughs) yeah exactly exactly
0: now we're only talking six months later though so your had your thoughts about marriage changed that much in six months, like had that first experience, stirred up beliefs about marriage? Again, sure. Anything you want to share or not. Right. Hmm.
1: That's interesting. I think, um, I think if I'm 100% honest, Mm -hmm. six months later, was I any more ready no. It really wasn't. Mm. Was I any more like okay, now let's get and I was even at that point like we don't have to get married. Like we mm. could just have a baby and not get married. And that's a whole, you know, how that played out is a whole nother conversation. But I don't know that any of my actual thinking changed. But yeah. I guess when I think about it, um, like what we, some, what we know about making decisions about how powerful a decision can be. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes once you have decided, I feel like you approach all of those obstacle thoughts very differently.
0: Yeah. Do you want to share more about that? Cause that's some interesting, useful life perspective around decisions and obstacle thoughts that could be very helpful for somebody listening?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I knew a lot about babies. I didn't know very much about a good marriage. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think when I really sort of got to the part of, okay, um, part of what's really freaking me out about any of either of these instances is coupling up. Mm. Um, And that was definitely not the motivator for my decision, but I think really then, okay, so now i'm now i'm I'm choosing that I am going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. How do I want to go into this scenario that I'm busy telling myself I don't have a good example? I won't know what I'm doing. This is a horrible way to start a marriage. I mean, I had all sorts of... Idea, you know, a lot of thoughts about it that a lot of us would be like, yep, yeah, you're right. That could be a really rough way to start a marriage if it's based solely on that. Yeah. But but then I think what I realized was marrying this person wasn't based solely on, you know, that we were going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um and i think at that point i mean i don't even really remember having much of a one might expect that 6 months later you'd be like stupid stupid how could you let this happen mm. and i really think there was a part of me that was like i this is a this is supposed to be yeah, yeah.
0: It's amazing. It's amazing the clarity in your whole story. Actually, I was just thinking, like, maybe one minute ago, not that long ago. Like, I love listening to your voice. Like, it's so clear. And it sounds like that was your thinking process too along the way. I mean, maybe this is you 26 years later and sure sharing, is. <laughs> sharing with clarity, but. Even if you didn't have that clarity then, that we can hear now, it's a beautiful example of how you can cultivate that over time and yeah. speak it so authentically and so beautifully. Even if maybe, even if it wouldn't have sounded like that twenty years ago, or twenty three years ago, or twenty six years ago, like you've cultivated some really beautiful narratives around your story and they serve you. You said earlier, not about this particular thing, but I don't know if it's true, but it's working for me. And I, I I just love that thought so much. I use that a lot with my clients and in my podcast. I'm like, I don't know if it's true, but I like it. So I'm keeping it. (laughs) It's working for me. Um, So whatever clarity you've arrived at is clearly working for you.
1: I think so. And I think if I had been telling this story 26 years ago, I, my voice would be shaking. I don't even know that I would have been willing to have a conversation like this at at that stage of my life. I just, you know, you get some confidence over time or I have anyway, I don't know if everyone does, but for me, that's been a benefit of, aging (laughs) is Mm -hmm. that i'm a little less worried about how it sounds or Mm -hmm. um what anyone might think and it might be easy to be strong and clear because my name is not attached i don't know Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah who knows it's it's hard we don't really know but say there is a listener um who is in that state where they, they really don't have a lot of confidence about where they're at or who they are, the decisions they've made, Um, because you've been through it life (laughs) and you've cultivated a lot of confidence. Do you have any tips for someone to speed that process along? If that's even possible, like, what do you, what might you want to share with a listener who's not feeling very confident right now?
1: Well, I think whether you, it's a decision you make, you know, with your eyes wide open, because that you're coming from what you what you truly want in that moment, whether that's the situation you're in, or whether you're in a space of feeling conflicted or feeling pressure. Or um, I think that it is possible, and this sounds very casual. And so I like I really want to clarify: I did not make that decision lightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can feel conflicted and uncertain about a decision. And I think still find some peace and clarity around that over time. Yeah.
0: I remember my, my loyal listeners know I've said many times. I remember making a decision to not. Making a decision, I was going to say to not regret it. That wasn't it making a decision to have my own back whether I regretted it or not but in that was very much like also a decision to not regret it I just held space for that like three percent chance that I might regret it and have no control of that (laughs) in my mind right Thinking, well, if I do, I'm still going to have my own back. But there was a, a large percentage of me that decided ahead of time that I was not going to regret my decision. Do you remember that at all? Do you remember thinking before, your, before the procedure was complete about the after and how you would handle that? Hmm. I think
1: I think that more of my thinking around my decision really even though Morally, I did not personally believe I was making a wrong choice. Mm-hmm. I was afraid I was wrong about that.
0: Yes. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I if, think
1: that to me what was the 3%. I'm, right. What if I'm telling yes. myself this yes. is absolutely my right as a woman and I'm making a prudent decision within a period of time that makes sense and What if I, what if I am wrong about that? Yes. And I think I've, I might've veered from your original question but I think it was really after the procedure that I just really got very definite that, um, you know, It was almost like I understood some of the, some of the things we know in the coaching world about it's what happened, you know, it is a thing that happened and I get to decide what it means, what it means about me. Mm -hmm. Other people are also going to decide what it means about me. And I get to decide who gets to know this about me and whether or not I want to subject myself to what they think it means about me what they make it mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I remember there was a part of me that wanted to confess it mm. I wanted um I did tell my mom mm-hmm. and I remember telling her you know I haven't told um my husband's parents but I'm thinking at some point I will and she was like why like, tell me why. Mm -hmm. And it was almost like, I, I felt like I needed to not confess, confess in the religious sense, but yeah, I know what you mean. It was like, they have a right to know. Mm -hmm. And when she said, tell me why, why do they have a right Mm -hmm. to know? What a beautiful question. I was like, I I guess maybe they don't. Mm -hmm. She said it might only hurt them. To know this. And I said, you could be right about that. And it's not worth me feeling like I've been honest, you know, at the expense of somebody else, just feeling terrible mm-hmm. by my admission.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting too, because if our driving force is to tell someone, because we need to confess it, we need to get it off our chest then our experience of their reaction is gonna be really different than if our driving force of sharing with someone is like, this is a piece of who I am and I want you to know who I am so that we can have a deeper connection. Like this, this maybe stirs or swings back around to what was the driving force when you told your mom was it, was it confession or was it something else?
1: No, I think I really was wanting support from her about it. Um, Connection. Absolutely. It was about connection. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And I knew she had had a similar experience in her life and would have, you know, I was very curious, you know, her perspective on and i i wasn't looking for approval i just yep. wanted i wanted a i think i really did want like some community mm. around around this
0: that's interesting because the word confession does hold a strong at least in my mind like the the more religious aspect of the word confession is more attached to a sense of approval, but it's more like I can't get forgiven, I can't be forgiven unless I confess. And so it is in some ways related to that approval, or like I need someone else's opinion for me to heal, versus like I'm responsible for my healing and I would like someone else's connection as a, to be a part of that process.
1: Yeah. 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 Hmm.
0: Can I, do you have anything else you want to say right now? I have a question sort of back from the beginning.
1: Um, no, I don't think so. So shoot.
0: Um, I was wondering because you had that experience of being at a larger clinic with protesters, not that protesters only show up at larger clinics, but because you had the experience of being around protesters and now you have this seeming clarity (laughs) that I love listening to, what advice might you have for someone who's anticipating that and or has already had that experience and been rocked by it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think... I think my advice about that, um, I'm going to say it and I feel like it's, you know, it might fall flat, but this is um, because I don't think it's quite the soothing balm that you'd want, Um, but truly the impact of those external opinions is, I think it is really, um, a reflection of some part that you are wrestling with yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's like, um, it's like something is being held up in front of you. Yeah. Which is so much of our human experience as it pertains to other people, right? Mm -hmm. Like how often the things that we fear or think about are shown to us Mm -hmm. from the outside as a way to maybe, this is the way I see it as a, as a way to have a better understanding. Yeah. Um, so I think my advice about that would be just to be so, um, like gentle with yourself, uh, if you're feeling very vulnerable or very, um, what's the word? Like, tender. That's the word I was thinking. <laughs> if you're feeling so tender in the face of that opinion, like, mm-hmm. can you let yourself feel that tenderness? Mm-hmm. And can you ever, like, can you tiptoe to the part of you that maybe secretly worries they're right mm-hmm. or that it's true? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I was just feeling, not feeling, I was thinking a connection to like bullying and parenting, right? Like, I mean, it is so, I don't know. I don't know if there are people who disagree with me, maybe you, but like, it is a very bullying activity to stand outside a clinic with those pro-life I mean, it's like straight up schoolyard bullying,
1: like 100%. And
0: so it reminds me of that. Like if you were parenting a child through bullying to hold space for how, how tender and vulnerable that is to be on the other side of that. And yeah, I mean, the kids who just have full blown confidence Miraculously, or by nurture, I don't know. <laughs> don't tend to be rocked by the bullies. It's the ones who are quest have questions about themselves or insecurities, or and and the bullies know where to go too. And I think that's the case with with they. Those protesters know how sensitive and vulnerable you are, which makes it
1: even that much more vulgar, in my opinion. <laughs> I agree because it's certainly not coming from a place of love for the woman they're screaming at. They're not loving her soul Mm -hmm. or valuing her life or her existence in that moment, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. And I'd love to be able to say, you know, their opinion doesn't mean anything. Just like, you know, just like we all want to tell our kids about being bullied, but you know, I think being able to kind of hug the part of you that really does feel threatened or wounded by those, you know, that encounter.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm going to use language that can be hard to hear, but I, I remember when I definitely heard the words you killed your baby before I was ready to be okay hearing the words you killed your baby. (laughs) And so I can feel if I lean back into my past, I can feel how different those same words felt along my journey. And now if someone says that to me, I'm literally, I just stand like calmly and peacefully and it's kind of like and like I don't I don't feel defensive about it I don't feel angry about it I don't feel hurt by it I don't feel attacked but I if I if I like replay the journey of those three words in my healing it's a very different experience and they're the same three
1: words yeah, well You're four. I, have, <laughs> Good I counting. have I have a yeah I have a similar maybe example and this wasn't even a stranger screaming at me. Mm-hmm. Um, recently my father in law said mm. to us,
0: you
1: know, you guys could have made a very different choice back then. And I'm so glad that you didn't mm. about your st- st- child about my, my oldest child. I'm so glad you didn't make the, you know, the other choice that you could have made. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Having that conversation 24 years ago, even though I was very solid and certain about my decision, I would have been very bothered by the undercurrent of judgment yeah. That I would have heard in that statement, yeah. And when he said it now, I thought, yeah, because he loves his grandkids, and he's so glad yeah. we're all here, that they're here. and yeah. you know, and I I don't see a reason to ever tell him otherwise,
0: yeah, 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 it's such a good example of how the way we experience the world is so reflective of our own healing and and what what we're being asked to see and to look at and to nurture in ourselves or heal or take care of or whatever the whatever the work is to be done but thank you so much this has been a very lovely conversation Is there anything you feel like has been left unsaid or any lingering comment that wants to come through you?
1: Hmm. I wondered if really talking about this would bring up some other kind of emotion. I wondered Hmm. if I would feel more um, like if I would feel sad or, and I still, I don't. And I mentioned at the beginning, like almost that little creep of shame, like, shouldn't you feel bad? Yeah. Shouldn't you feel bad for this decision that you're also saying you didn't take lightly. Mm -hmm. You didn't want to repeat Mm -hmm. and no I don't yeah mm-hmm. I don't my my souls that were meant to be here with me got mm-hmm. here and I picture it as one of life's little mysteries Yep. yeah you know I don't I don't get to know why or how or who maybe this maybe I'm wrong maybe there's a maybe there's a soul out there that is somehow tethered to me hadn't even thought about that you know who knows,
0: who knows? i i tell myself that's a similar story to you that you know the that the souls who come in and don't come all the way in and whose whose cell division lives pregnancies whatever you want to call it is closed by termination that that's that they knew that was the path, right? That that they were never supposed to come in. I tell myself that because it feels good. Cause I like it makes sense to me. It feels energetically aligned, but I have no idea. I could be wrong too. So I'm, I'm all there with you. I have no idea. I do think I had a um, medium reading once. It's actually on my podcast, Um. And I don't remember now if it was in that reading or some other time. I have no, I can't recall it all right now, but I do feel like my son, who's my third, was the same soul as my miscarriage, which came between my two girls. And my abortion was after all three kids. Um, and I think some people are like, well, if the souls are gonna come back to us and you have an abortion when you're done having kids, like me, then we're never gonna get to meet those souls. And I tell myself, like, I don't know, maybe it'll be a grandkid or a neighbor or a like, I have no idea. If that soul's meant to meet me somehow, they will.
1: <laughs> Which I, you know, and i I love thinking about it that way.
0: Yeah Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. Oh goodness. Um, yeah, just thank you again. It's been lovely. I look forward to adding it to our collection. Um, I'm two years into my podcast, over, two, almost two and a half years and just sort of been entering this world of story and, and I love adding more and more story to the show. So thank well,
1: you. And thank you so much for having me. Um, I, yeah, I just, I feel as definite now as I did then.
0: Mm, it's beautiful. And no regrets. Yeah. yeah. I love it. The beautiful story. All right. Until next week.
1: All right. Thank you.